Welcome back to Workwoman. Today, I know what is top of mind for you is how do you get a dream team? In order to find a dream team, you have to start with posting exactly what you want. It's so crazy to me that people don't put those two things together. Like you actually have to put down in writing what you are looking for in order to find it when it comes to team members. I love the story of Grant and Elena uh, that she tells sometimes where she talks about the list. She wrote down a list before finding Grant of exactly what she wanted. And now, you know, you're not looking for a significant other or a spouse through this job posting, but you're looking for what you want to the extent that you're not writing down the exact things that you're looking for you're not going to get it. I promise you, you are not going to get it. So let's talk about what makes a great job post checklist. So before we get started and going down the technicalities of the job post, what I want to make sure you understand is these are all the things that are required. There is not the additional fluff that I'm going to go down and recommend. If you want to add certain things about your business or you think that there's something that's worked really well for you, that is fine. But I will caveat that with saying we have hired an incredible team. The group of people that work at Cardone Ventures and the businesses that we've had in the past are all A team members. And this is what we use to get those A team members. So to the extent that you're going to add additional things, just make sure that you're asking yourself the, the proper question, which is why am I choosing to think that this is important? And is it really that important or is it just something that I've always done? Moving on to the job posting checklist, I want to hit you with a stat. So Inc.com lists these five things as the most important considerations that candidates have before accepting a job offer. Now we're talking about the offer because you're looking to post something that creates the end result, which is an offer, which is that they come to work with you. First one is salary and compensation. So the primary thing that somebody's looking at is salary and compensation. Second thing is career growth opportunities. Third thing is work-life balance, which, you know, I have my own opinion on, but this is still, this is just data. My Natalie's opinion doesn't matter when it comes to data. The fourth is the location and or the commute. And the fifth is the company culture and values. So I think number two is really interesting because if you're not talking in your job description about what career growth opportunities look like, then you're not acknowledging the second most critical aspect that job seekers are looking for. And again, as you're writing a job post, most people are just thinking as a business owner, as a human resources manager, I just have to write this post to find a candidate. But you have to be a marketer. And this is where Buck, our chief marketing officer, and I are always aligned in the communication around HR. You have to look at the function as if you are selling, as if you are marketing a role. And the marketing piece talks about, okay, if if I know that my potential customer, my candidate, is looking for career growth opportunities, how am I spelling out that this is the place for them that doesn't sound exactly like the other places that they have choices for? If you've never looked at other posts for the position that you're looking at to be able to compare and contrast and be better than what is out there, then you're missing out on being in the mindset of this candidate that is looking for the right opportunity that your business provides. The other thing on this is 
I, I feel confident in being able to have these types of communication with you guys because I know that you run good businesses and your desire is to create amazing products for your clients and for whoever you serve through the work that you do. And so knowing that, you should feel great about being able to market those things to candidates. It's not like you're doing shady business. Like we don't we don't work with, we don't spend time with, and my guess is people who do shady things are not attracted to a podcast like this. So knowing that and feeling confident about that, you have to remember that there are people that have had bad experiences where somebody has talked about having career growth opportunities and they didn't actually follow through on that. Use that to your advantage when you're explaining and differentiating yourself against your competitors, which are the people that are, which are the organizations that you would likely be competing for talent against. Okay, who's ready to go through the actual job post checklist? I know I am. So in this, in the video version of this, um, I'm showing the example a job posting of a chief financial officer. So I'm going to go through the bullet points of what should be required in these job posts. And then I might even give a little bit of details into how to post for a chief financial officer. So any of you guys actually looking for a chief financial officer can have a little bit of a shortcut. First things first, a position summary. You always want to start out your job post with a position summary. Ideally, this is anywhere between three to five sentences, and it actually explains what the position will do. If you do not know what the position will do that you are posting for, then why are you hiring for the role? This oftentimes ties to key performance indicators, and this is not going to be a conversation about KPIs. However, when we think about key performance indicators, the idea is you know that this role, X role, provides value to your organization in Y output. Like intuitively, you know this. You might not know it from your actual financial statements, which is what you, sh- you should get towards. But you're hiring this because there's a need. So in this need, you should be able to define what the output is going to look like and put this here. This isn't just like some fluffy description of what the position should look like. It should be why this role is valuable. And if something is valuable, once it's in your building, once the person is actually working with you, you should be able to quantify that value to them and be able to have that be the starting point for your key performance indicators. I know this sounds like really rudimentary and simple, but you would be amazed by how many businesses don't actually have key performance indicators. And when you start a, you start a post thinking like that, all of a sudden it makes the key performance indicator process that much easier to just make it easy. Like you're going to be posting for a position, therefore you know what the metrics are. Let's keep rolling. So chief financial officer, should I read this? Maybe I should read this. I'm not going to read the whole thing, um, but I'm going to read part of it. So The CFO is responsible for reviewing potential strategic business partnerships for operational and financial opportunities and risk. As a true business partner to the CEO, this is data, right? This is is letting them know who they're reporting to. The CFO is responsible for the overall organizational performance against both the annual budget. What is that telling them? They need to have the skill set to know how to put together an annual budget. Again, not rocket science, but if you're not putting these things as the expectation, who is telling the chief financial officer that a budget has to be created? Uh, Both to the annual budget and the brand's long-term strategy. What does long-term strategy insinuate there? 
they are responsible for helping build out the long-term strategy. It is not just their role to be a finance person. They need to understand what marketing is doing. They need to understand what operations is doing. They need to understand how to position the business for growth objectives. The other note I want to make on this position summary, to the extent that you are intentional about what you're putting on there, you are training your team to be intentional with the words that they use as well. So when you use fluff, you naturally filter out fluff when you're reading documents like this. Oh, this is just a bunch of nice words, but tell me what my job responsibilities are. Well, if you train your team to say, no, these are the job responsibilities, then you do not have to have those conversations in onboarding. Yes, you have to train them and show them where things are, et cetera. However, it's this mindset shift of we do not put fluff in here. It is this is priority number one. This is priority number two. I know a lot of people when they're putting uh, job posts together just like copy and paste stuff from the internet. The internet is a fabulous place to start for research. Absolutely do that all day, every day. But be intentional about, okay, the internet says a CFO could look like this. Because guess what? A CFO for a roofing business looks a lot different than a CFO for a technology business. And those strategies that all of those chief financial officer postings are looking for somebody to help fill them are different because the business truly is and that function truly is not the same. So again, make sure that you're really getting all of the potential for what a CFO could look like. That's where your research starts. But then you're honing that into, okay, I specifically want them to do X, Y, Z thing. And if you have a more built out finance structure, let's say you have a CFO and then you have a controller, you need to also pair out what things a CFO is responsible for and what things a controller is responsible for. Okay, not going to be a dead horse on this one, but... Uh, Make sure you're doing those things. I want to look at your guys' job posts. We do this for our clients who show up to uh, People Essentials. They bring their job postings so we can go over them. And I would love to be able to do that with yours. Second piece to include in your job posting, about your organization. About your organization. So I'm going to read you ours. As I mentioned earlier, the intentionality behind this is significant. This company operates nationally and is growing by the day. We are growing by the day. What type of person am I looking for when I put that in the first sentence? I'm not just saying Cardon Ventures does blah, blah, blah. I'm specifically filtering. I want people who are interested in the same kind of problems that I have, which is growth problems. Our mission is to help business owners achieve their personal, professional, and financial goals through the growth of their businesses. We work in dozens of verticals. Why did I say dozens of verticals? I don't want it to scare somebody if they've only had experience in one area. You can have experience in one area, but then be able to work in an organization that is doing things and has plans to do things in a whole variety of industries. And provide strategic business guidance through courses, live events, partnerships, and investments. The reason we list all of those areas is because we want to draw people in who have experience in all of those things. If you do courses, if you do live events, partnerships and investments, come to us. We're here for you. That is a different talent pool that we're attracting with each one of those. But one of those things will pop with somebody who has experience in those areas and wants to grow in those areas. And then the last piece. I will get into our interview process in another podcast episode, but one little teaser on this is this last sentence. Our core values are the backbone of our business and guide our hiring process and guide our hiring process. If I ask you the very first question on an interview, which is the first question every single time, what do you know about Cardone Ventures? And you are not able to tell me that you know anything about Cardone Ventures, which 
you would be surprised how many times that that is the response that's given. I know that you didn't even read the post. And if you are not careful enough and you are not intentional enough and you are not enthusiastic enough to read a post for the position that you're going to spend 30 minutes of your time applying for. You're a person that randomly shows up to meetings and randomly says yes to interviews, but don't, doesn't do the research ahead of time. I'm not interested in hiring you. You will not get the opportunity to work with us. We need you to be the type of person that would do prep on that. And if I was going to do prep on something, what is the easiest place to know? The job description, the post, the thing that the person who wants to hire you wrote in order to attract you. So Putting that there gives you the ability to ask hard questions because you've prepped the person and put enough information for them to know what you're looking for. These little tests are so critical to include in your hiring process, and we will get into that later. So third component is objectives. So this is the actual list of things that this role is responsible for. couple tips on this. They should be in order of priority, meaning the first thing that is the most important, back to this KPI conversation we had a little bit ago, like you do not, if, if it's a front office position, oh, actually, let me use this chief financial officer posting, represents, I'm just picking things randomly. This is like lower on the list, represents the company to financial partners, including financial institutions, investors, foundation executives, auditors, public officials, et cetera. This is low on the list because the primary thing that the CFO is doing is not that audits and proper filing of taxes. Okay, that's lower on the list because that's not the most important thing. The most important objective for the chief financial officer is develops financial well-being of the organization by providing financial projections, accounting services, and growth plans. The chief financial officer needs to be able to know what the growth plans are. If you cannot do the first thing, the other things are not as important. So as you're putting objectives together, be so intentional about the list. Uh, our best practices on lists should be about 15 points. 10, that's fine. If you're like 25, that's likely too many. You need to pare that down. All right, next up is competencies. So the difference between objectives and competencies. Objective is you are supposed to do this thing. You are supposed to be able to create a growth strategy. You're supposed to be able to put together a marketing campaign. You're supposed to be able to answer a phone call or make a sale. That's like the, the, the objective, the thing that you're doing. Competencies are the things that you bring with you or the things that help you get that thing done. So for instance, um, key competencies could be negotiation skills. Is it important for a role to be able to, to negotiate? Is it important for them to be able to work collaboratively or to work uh, independently? Put your finger on it when it comes to what the core competencies are for your existing team members so that you can leverage those into new team members. And I often come from a place of what are bad experiences to create the core competency that I'm now looking at. Let me give you an example. Uh, we one time had a team member who would be very flighty on calls. When she was talking to the client, she was great, but when she would get off the calls, she would never follow up. She would be scattered in her communication to the team. So all of a sudden, those two things, the negative that I experienced, became the core competency in the next role that I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody who is detail-oriented and is amazing at follow-through. I'm also looking for somebody who is a team player and can work collaboratively in their communication to make sure that everybody is aligned. Those are competencies. All right, next up is fairly straightforward. It's education and experience that you're looking for. Just as a note on this, most of the time from our standpoint, education is not important. 
I probably look at the education of a prospect or a candidate 10% of the time. And it's just to know that they completed what they said that they were complete, but it's not to really give a validation that they're going to be able to be a good team member. And so as you're thinking about the requirements that you're setting, my gut tells me that you're likely setting them too high for what you're actually looking for. If you find a, a human being who is interested in growing and that you can help give a path to, their education and potentially lack of, of experience isn't as important as their ability to show up and want to learn and be hardworking and have grit. We are not looking for people who have MBAs and a significant amount of experience in certain areas. They need to be able to be competent in the the function that they're serving. However, you would think that in an organization like this, they have to have an MBA. Absolutely not. We would never make that a requirement because we find that oftentimes when new team members join us who do have these certifications and all of this experience, they're not really looking to do the hard work. They they come in with the mindset that they did the hard work and that's why they should be paid these big dollars. But what we're looking for is results. And what you can find is people who have no experience and who have not been formally educated can get the same results that people who aren't. So if you lower that bar, you're allowing more of the type of people into your interview process that you're actually looking for in order to help you grow your business. All right, next up is physical requirements, meaning you know, are they sitting at a desk all the time? Are they going to be on their feet? This one's like pretty standard. Uh, any travel that they're doing would be listed in physical requirements because this is important for somebody to know, am I able and capable physically to do the job that's at hand? Next piece, commitment to diversity. Having this is incredibly important. You should be stating on your post that you are committed to diversity and actually be committed to diversity. You are looking for people of all backgrounds to join your organization because that is what makes a thriving, strong organization where there are different viewpoints to be able to create something that in the end result serves your client and serves your team in the capacity that you should be able to. The last piece of this post, to me, is the most important piece of this post. After the commitment to diversity statement in our post, there's this little thing on this paragraph, and it is the only thing in the entire post. This is what the post looks like. For those of you listening on audio, you should go watch the video. This is what the post looks like. This is the only thing in the entire post that is bolded and underlined. This statement reads, if this position caught your eye, send us your resume with an exclamation point. For best consideration, include the job title and source where you found this position in the subject line of your email and email it to careers at cardoventures.com. Already a Cardone Ventures candidate, please connect directly with your recruiter to discuss the opportunity. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, if this position caught your eye, send us your resume. As a business owner, as a leader, as somebody who takes the time to listen to podcasts like this, you are already, I know for certain, a go-getter. You are looking for other go-getters. And what go-getters need is a way to be filtered up to the front of the line to demonstrate that they are go-getters. It is your responsibility to create those opportunities. And in a candidate system, this is how you do this. Because if you were applying for this job, you would figure out what the loophole is to be the first of the line. So if this position caught your eye, send us your resume, and then including the email on this, I actually was just talking about this to a client of ours, and he pushed back on me. He said, well, Indeed won't allow you to put your own links in an uh, organization. What do you do if a website does not allow you to put a link in? Is, do you just not do it? Do you not use that? No, you just put a space in it. Put careers at space, cardinventures.com. A go-getter will figure that out. 
the point is, if you're not doing this, you have no way. Everybody is, looks all the same in whatever recruitment platform you are utilizing. For us, we have had some of our best talent come through because they sent this email. I don't know the exact percentages, but it's like something like 55% of our most recent hires came through because they differentiated themselves by sending their resume to this careers email. I cannot emphasize this enough. Actually, Brandon's project manager, who every one of our clients wants to steal and have her work for them, uh, we weren't even still looking for this role. We had decided we weren't going to hire for this. It was the beginning of COVID. And she sent her email with a video to, or I'm sorry, she sent her resume with a video to the Cardo Ventures careers page. And we hired her because it was fantastic. And it's exactly the type of talent that you are looking for. You always have room in your organization for great talent. And if you're not allowing them to come to you, they're never going to come. And you're always going to think, why do I not have any great team members or team members who are willing to work as hard as I am? You never asked. If you don't ask, you're never going to get it. Okay, I'm going to get off of that one. Guys, none of this stuff is super sexy. And oftentimes when we are at events, I am presenting on the nitty gritty. Like we we did some high level stuff here. I am presenting on the nitty gritty of this on a Saturday at 2.30 when nobody wants to be listening to why this is so important. But yet they'll go home on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and be so frustrated with the team that they currently have and be irritated that they don't have any of the candidates that they're really looking to hire to help them move their business forward. To the extent that you do not master this, you will always be beholden to the team and the environment that you've currently created. And you're not really taking the opportunity around you seriously. So with that, I hope that you found this valuable. If you are interested in having me look at your example job posting, I would love to. Send it to us at info at cardoventures.com and I would be happy to take a look to give you some pointers around the best way to improve them and to get better candidates. I hope you guys have an awesome week and look forward to the next episode of Workwoman.